boundaries are more about saying yes to yourself rather than saying no to someone else. Because there's a whole lot of things in this world that you are not, but there's a whole lot of things in this world that you are. And it's just much easier to identify what you are and who you are and what you like than it is to say no to this and no to that and no. It's always saying yes to yourself. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining me. I'm Dr. Richard Olberger, clinical psychologist, and this is another morning edition of the Richard Listens podcast, bringing you incredible individuals from all over the globe who are using their skills, techniques, and wisdom to inspire us and to help others. Today, my guest is Coach Lee Hopkins. He helps People create lasting friendships. He's a coach himself. He has a podcast uh, and uh, he works primarily with connection, friendship, social skills, and also supports the LGBTQ community. Uh, he is also transgender. He did not have supportive people in his life for a real long time. And so he is going to teach us the skills on how to help you become a best friend to yourself deepen your connection with yourselves and your acquaintances and uh, we look forward to having him here today and uh, giving us a little bit of wisdom something I'm always looking to understand and help my clients with is how best to support yourself in your own growth deepening your relationship and to get closer to your needs to figure out what you need it's really hard to meet your own needs if you don't know that which you're looking for so um Without further ado, we'll be welcoming in Coach Lee Hopkins. Thank you for having me, Richard. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. And um, I was expecting you to show up in one of your fine uh, derby caps. My dad used to have like the Indiana Jones um, <laughs> brown leather. So I see that that style is important to you. And uh, thank you. I appreciate that. In the, in, the, in the day and age of COVID, where we can do these podcasts from our homes and our t-shirts. Yes. <laughs> or a little hoodie or something. <laughs> that's, that's where we are. Yes. So, uh, you know, like we talked about, you know, and leading up to the podcast that, that this show, we really try and focus on the journey of our guests and, and you are a coach who helps others. And you've also been through your own journey to get here today. Mm -hmm. And what's inspired you to, to be a coach and to begin this work of, of developing relationship to self connection and how to deepen relationships. Well, the reason why I started this first in the first place was because I wanted to cater to myself maybe 15, 20 years ago. I real I reached a point where I made some changes in my life and I realized I could help that person who I was. So my story, I grew up in a small town in Ohio. And there I felt very disconnected from everyone who was there. Just most of the people, I didn't feel like I was able to understand them and I didn't think they could understand me. So I had an opportunity to move to college because I thought, well, I need to find my tribe. So I moved to college. I met new people from different cultures, backgrounds, different states. It was amazing. And I thought this is where I'm gonna find my connections. And sure enough, it wasn't. I didn't make the kind of connections I thought I was going to. So I figured no big deal. I have to find my tribe still because that's what you do. You search for people that you belong to, belong with. So 
I thought here, the Ohio State, the entire Ohio, the state of Ohio is messed up. It's backwards. It's wrong. It doesn't have my people in here, no matter what, I won't find them. So I left and I moved to California. I had an opportunity to move to the Central Valley where I did reinvent myself and I met a bunch of new people. I picked up karaoke. I enjoyed it so much. I I would go into many of the karaoke spots that are out there and people would know my name. They'd high five oh, me. Man. You were a drinks. regular? Yeah, I was definitely a regular, a regular in many, many different spots. I was pretty much out all night, every night. <laughs> and I still felt very, very lonely. And I thought, oh man, there's something that I'm doing. And along the way, I'm hearing something about being your authentic self. So I'm thinking, well, I'm just not being my authentic self. So I had an opportunity to move to Chicago, leave California behind, move to Chicago. And there I can be my authentic self because I was like too afraid to be my authentic self in California. Now I'd like to note right at this point in the story, all of that I've been I've been presenting as a female. So I was born female and I transitioned to male. So in California, I was presenting as female and I couldn't tell anybody about this idea that I wanted to transition, not at all. So I figured I need to leave California and I did. I left California, moved to Chicago, had an opportunity to move here where I am now. And I met the right people, the right who gave me their language, who gave me the support that I needed to make this transition. So I transitioned from female to male in Chicago. No one knew of my history. I had an opportunity to reinvent myself and be authentic. I have quotes around authentic because I thought it was being authentic. I thought this was the thing I needed to do to be myself, to present myself out loud, to live it out loud. And I was still so lonely. I was still so lonely, even in the group of people who supported me. So I realized that, well, I don't have the answer. I don't know what I'm doing. And I went to get some therapy. And in this therapy, I learned that I have the power to make my own decisions and choices. And there was something that I was doing in my relationships with other people. There was something I was doing in the relationship with myself that I didn't notice that caused me to be and feel so lonely. And once I discovered that, this is where I just decided that I have to tell everybody. Everybody, everybody, I've just got to tell everybody about how fantastic this is. And so I've become a coach. <laughs> and, and there's like a lot of different steps. And, and how much time did that, that, that journey encapsulate? That, that took you that process from, you know, looking for, is it from my environment? Is it like, where does this permission come from? Yeah, well, I, I definitely would say that it has taken me 30 years, 30, some 39 now. But it's taken me 30 years to get to a point where I realized that I transitioned at 32, 32 years old. So I had all that time thinking that I needed permission for other people to be myself. So I, I realized that... In this pattern and a pattern of behavior that I had was that I would find something about myself to hide. So growing up in Ohio, I liked art and I, I liked some, any, any of my interests, I learned that I should not express them because 
I would be told that it's stupid or it's not useful or you, you can't really get a good job with that. Focus on something that you really should do, you know, things like that. And so we started to hide myself. And then actually, well, presenting as female again in this, I started to like women. And so I had to hide that. I hide it. Don't be a lesbian. Hide that. Hide that. And soon as like, oh, well, I'm expressing that I like art. Now I have to hide the fact that I would like women. And now, oh, great. Now I have to hide the fact that I like karaoke. What's silly? Because most people are like, oh, you like karaoke. That's awful. <laughs> like, that was my experience with it. It's stupid. I don't know why anybody would do that. I could never do that. And I would be like, oh, I don't want to share my passion and joy for that. I'm a regular. I'm out every night. And then <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> take it nationwide. Get in the competitions. Right. And then I found another thing to hide. Well, I'm trans. I got to hide that from the people who I like, who like karaoke with me. I just found my plate myself hiding all the time. Now, so it was can I ask a question, Coach Lee? Is the conditioning yeah. to hide, is it familial? Is it environmental? Like you said, some parts of Ohio and the Midwest, is it internal? Like, can you, are you able to separate those parts? Like looking back? Yeah, I think that it takes some time to figure out what it is. I know that looking back, I definitely believe it was environmental and familial. That's where I, I learned it. I learned it from my, my caretakers. This is how you should behave. This is what we want. We want the best for you. We want these values instilled in you. And I don't have my own experiences in the world, so I don't know. And then it became internalized. So like around 30, 30 or so, I realized that, oh, this is, this is what I believe. Is it what I believe? Do I want to keep believing that? Let's see what happens if I get rid of that belief or change it or try something new and different with it. Then I had that opportunity to look at what happens. Actually, so in therapy, they brought it up like, oh, it looks like you just keep jumping in the closet. Out of one closet to another closet. Out of one closet to the next closet. And I'm like, oh, I do that. I didn't realize I did that. I don't like it. I don't, I can change that, can't I? It's like, sure I can. Yes, I can. And part of learning how to change that was its own process. It was scary because like, for example, I'm in Chicago by myself. I don't know anyone going to therapy and I decided that I want to make some friends and to figure out what's going on with me and I need to be my authentic self. So I go to a comedy club and I decided my mindset is right. I'm going to meet somebody. I'm going to talk. We're going to make good friends and it's going to be that. Sure enough, I go into the club, I share a beer, have a beer with someone, and we're talking. And they happen to mention that they have never seen a trans person before. They don't understand the process, and they don't understand why anyone would ever want to transition. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to help you out. And wow. we're going to be best friends, because I'm going to reveal my authentic self, and you're going to respect me for it. Sure enough. I'm over there and telling him like, well, you haven't met a trans person before. Well, I'm trans. And his face just froze, froze. Eyes that squarely popped out of his face. And he just put his beard down and he left. He'd say anything else to me, no more words to me. And that was like, wow, that, that was one of the most important points in my life because all my life I had believed that I was being rejected by people because I would just put myself into a place where I could be rejected, put myself in there. But actually, I'm telling my whole truth, bearing my soul to this person. And that was the face of rejection right there in front of me. That was 
that was it. That was somebody never wanting to speak to me ever again. And I realized well, that it must have been incredibly painful, except yeah. the difference is you gave yourself the permission to be you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It was really, really painful, but I did finally give myself my permission to be myself, say, this is what I, who I am. And I had some people to process this with and be upset with and, and share this, like oh, this terrible rejection that I felt because I already felt like I wasn't going to be loved or cherished, or I didn't feel important. And I just really had it happen in the face, in my face. But I, I realized I didn't die. I mean, I didn't. It was just part of it. It was just part of my experience. And it was an opportunity for me to learn and reflect and grow on it. So even like two years from after that event, after that event, I was still kind of sad. I didn't want to, I didn't want to open up to people. And then I realized a little longer that, well, this person had done me a favor because they just said to us, he just said, hey, I actually don't have the vocabulary to tell you how I feel about this. I just know I don't want to be part of this. And no more energy will be spent on trying to create a connection that, that neither of us really wants. I didn't know I didn't want that, but neither of us really wants that. I know that I don't want to have to chase them down and say, hey, this is why you should like trans people. I'm the great person, blah, 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 blah. Here's all the history and all that. No, thanks. I don't want to do that with my energy. And he doesn't, he wasn't in the space to learn. And it was okay. It was okay. So just, it has helped me with dealing with rejection and understanding that um, I don't need to put energy into chasing people and things down like that any longer. I just need to be myself. Wow. And, and, and it's, what a journey encapsulated by willing to take a risk and a vulnerability that sometimes shows us yeah, I can, I can feel the, the pain is still there, right? It's like, it's, you know, but, but it's like only from that full vulnerability do we get to see truly what we're trying to get close to. Like you said, just to be seen, to be loved. And so often I feel like even, I mean, I don't want to say one emotional challenge is smaller than another, but we're hiding, right? Like we are hiding and we are afraid and then you know someone goes on an online date and they try and put out pieces of themselves or they feel like right someone just judges them by a book or they judge them by something they're uncomfortable with something gets exposed that they just they don't have experience with mm -hmm. and this is it's just this incredibly painful like cycle right that can yeah. lead to further loneliness because we're we don't feel there's a container for safety Right. Like if you knew exactly. I could go to this one place and and I could be accepted and and it, like if I knew I could do this one thing to get it, um, you know, and then, of course, there's like I don't know if this happened for you, but there's like the Groucho Marx thing. I don't know if I want to be a member of a group that would have me as a member. Like I don't want to go somewhere where everyone has the acceptance card. And then like, that's, 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 like, that's not my idea of being my authentic self. That to me feels like, wait a minute. I didn't, I don't know. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. I don't trust this. Yeah. Even if it is good for that. me, I don't know why they like me. I don't know why they're accepting me. Yes. <laughs> so there's confusion. So you have to go through this rejection in a way and, and 
pain, but it, it is a place where I wish, Lee, that we can reach more individuals. Because I think, especially after the pandemic, so many people isolated and they don't know where to go with this confusion. Yeah, absolutely. And it is really difficult to to navigate that. And, you know, I just never heard of the Groucho Marx thing. I, I had never heard of that, but I, I feel like that's something that I had been doing was I'd go into a group like this karaoke group and just find a reason that they won't like me. I'll just come up with something that they won't like me. It's not that I don't want to be a part of this group. It's just that I really want to. But if they really knew me, man, they wouldn't like me. And this, it's like that exclusion, it's the same exclusionary idea. Like, I just can't be a part of this because of something that I'm hiding. And I feel like this happens with, I shared my story about being trans. It's because I made a physical change and people can actually see that. And I feel like, well, I stepped into my authentic self. People are looking for that. I'm not the only person who is looking for something to happen so that they can be their authentic self some pinnacle, some point to reach where they will finally be, be satisfied with who they are and how to get to that is, is, it seems like never ending. I know that I always put something in front of it I, and I have to be conscious of that. It's a pattern of behavior. And when I get into a new group, if they knew something about me, they won't like me. And it, so what? <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, so you now, have to catch now, yourself internally in this process of like yeah looking for the thing that's going to be the reason why we're not likable we're not lovable mm -hmm. exactly and it, it's like well it could be an age difference it could be the color shirts we're wearing it just could be something ridiculous like that but it could get down to that but i at the core of it i really do just want to be accepted and i realize that it could be so trivial that i can exclude myself from a group and I don't want to do that. So what I've done and what I tell my clients to do is, of course, be vulnerable in layers, but also look for your source or your sense of identity so that when these, these thoughts come at you, they're not as pervasive. They don't really disturb your peace. And I tell people, my clients, that boundaries are a big part of it. Now, when I was growing up in my 20s, so if I was always hearing about boundaries, like boundaries means saying no and setting limits. And I'd like to reframe that. Sure, boundaries can be saying no and like setting limits, but I'd like to reframe it and say that boundaries are more about saying yes to yourself rather than saying no to someone else. Because there's a whole lot of things in this world that you are not, but there's a whole lot of things in this world that you are. And it's just much easier to identify what you are and who you are, what you like, than it is to say no to this and no to that and no. It's always saying yes to yourself because, and this helped me out, out too, and it helped me heal from the rejection that I faced because I know if I'm saying yes to myself, then it's not about anybody else. So when I get rejected, like when that guy, he stopped talking, he left, that was not about me. That was about him and his own experiences. That was him saying yes to himself because holy moly, I just traumatized him. <laughs> I, I yeah, traumatized I mean, him. or presented something that was so uncomfortable that he had yeah. no he had no experience on how to deal with, right? Exactly. That's or a lot better of fear way. around, right? 
Exactly, exactly. And so when you get to that point of understanding that I'm saying yes to myself and oh, that the guy, goodbye, he said yes to himself. It's not about you. You don't have to go and you don't have to make your world. You don't have to feel like it's un. You don't have to feel like you are unlovable because of that one experience you had with that one person. It's not about you. Right. And that's, that's a key reframe you're talking about. And I'm glad you provide that support for yourself. I also have found having a few close people who will reflect the messages back to me, mm -hmm. you know, particularly around, you know, the work that we do because helping others and putting ourselves out there to help others, you know, it's, it's not our client's job to take care of that feeling in us. Uh, you know, but it is a vulnerable place mm -hmm. of extension and overextension. So like you said, right, there has to be this, this moment of pulling back and kind of saying, I need to care for me. I've put out enough. I've given it. I'm good enough. <laughs> what I've done, exactly. right? And, and if someone can't take the hand, if they can't continue with the work or get deeper, it's not a reflection of us. Exactly, exactly. It is not. And that is really, that's really key because like I said at the, the beginning of this, I had a need, I'm a coach because I want to help who I was 15, 20 years ago. And it's, it's easy, it's kind of easy to get emotionally invested in like, I know exactly how you can get from point A to point B because I've been there. Let me do this and, and help you. But if, but if they're not ready, then it's not a reflection of what I've done. It's not something that I could take, that I have to take to heart. Um, that really spoke to me. So I wanted to reiterate how impactful that feels to me. Um, also, I wanted to share um, what I help people understand, how I help people understand the boundaries and the importance of making this connection. So there are three types of connections that we'll make with each other. There's a connection with me, which is myself, understanding who I am. There's a connection with you, that's one of the person, me and one of the person. And that's a connection with we, a society, a group. And all those connections begin with me. Whatever I am, whatever I, who I am, what I want, and how I'm gonna get it. It's important to say yes to myself and know those things about myself before I connect with other people. And the way I make it easy for people to connect is to take these boundaries and make them a little less abstract with what I call your needs, negotiables, and your nevers. So you have needs, there are specific actions and behaviors that you need to see, that you need to have in your life. So these are behaviors that you are going to do or someone that they will do them uh, and you can approve of them. I mean, the way you feel about them towards you. And then there are your negotiables. They're not really emotionally uh, important for you. So you can have them happen and it's not the biggest deal. You can negotiate whether they are in your life or not. And then there are your nevers. There are actions and behaviors that you don't want in your life. And so knowing what these are will really help you understand more about you. And boundaries, they're happy accidents. They're not things that we intentionally bump into, but we can pay attention to what we feel when we bump into them. The way we create boundaries is that we're just going along, living our life, da 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 and boom, we have an emotional experience. We run into something, there's an event, there's an action, 
we have an emotional experience and our brain logs that. Boom. I want this again. I need it. I never want it again. I don't want it. So it's really just easy to kind of figure out where those things belong for you. And then you can say yes to yourself. I need this. I never want to have this. And you can also make better connections with people because you can explain specific actions and behaviors that you need and that you never want. That's going to help your connection with the you and also the we. So understanding me first, my needs, my nevers will help you with other relationships. And how do you help clients discover this? I know you have your, your tip sheet on your, your site and uh, other tools that you have created. Um, how do you help your clients? Is it, is it through individual work or groups or, or how are, how are clients getting in touch with the I sensation do. of boundary and what they want more of? And usually we have an idea of what we want less of, but yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I do a lot of reframing and I try and ask them what they want to do. What, what do you want? And it's really difficult because I will get a list of things that I don't want. And this is, um, individual client coaching and also group coaching. So individual clients, I ask them about how their lives are and what they're looking for and what their preferences are. And it's usually a little difficult to get into that. So I make them aware of that in the first place. So that's what I do. I make them aware of the fact that you're asking for things that you don't want. Let's talk about things you do want. And then I'll ask them to reflect on their past behaviors and experiences and think about how they felt emotionally. So I know journaling and meditation is so cliche, but if we say them for a reason, we use them for a reason, that's because they work. So that's for, right. I know. Mm -hmm. Every time I hear myself say that he's going to bring up the journal again, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Journaling is super important because it's about looking for the emotion and writing the emotion down because usually there's a secondary layer of emotion that's that's running with the anger. We know that fear is right under anger. So if we're writing in our journal and we're scribbling angry words and we go back a couple days, we reflect on it like, oh, I was afraid of something. You can't get there when you're in that high emotional state. It's hard to get there when you're in the high emotional state. But when you Take a moment. You're not so much clouded in anger. Go back to it. You can understand how you felt underneath. And that is where you start doing the work. That is where I had my clients start doing the work. You were afraid of something. All right, let's start. Let's, let's do that. And let's see what we can do to get over that. Yes. Most, most of my clients are showing up with some degree of anger, anxiety, and that question that you're leading towards of what's underneath it, right? Can we get to what those what are we covering up what that what's that initial reaction we just listen to that initial reaction we don't get deeper mm -hmm. we don't learn more about that fear about that doubt the thing yes. in ourselves that we're trying to cover up because something external is triggering us and saying that's different it's uncomfortable it exactly. brings out vulnerability exactly. uh, and lee you you talk about three different social myths that keep us disconnected yeah, if I could go over them really quick. Yeah, Please. it's yeah, it's it's never cause friction. Essentially, just be whoever they want you to be in that space, whoever you think they want you to be, rather in that space. So never cause friction. That was one of them. Second one is you'll be rejected, and it's going to be the end of the world. 
essentially it's not. You will have some feelings about being rejected, but it's only going to separate you from the people who want to be with you and from people who don't want to be with you. And that's okay. It's them choosing themselves and it will be you choosing yourself. You'll understand that. And then finally, the last one is you must win them over. Winning them over is not something you'd have to do. You don't have to do any acts of service. You just have to show up as your authentic self. Yes. And that, how important is that, right? To finally accept that being you, you can, that's all you can control is how you mm-hmm. show up. Exactly. That is, that is absolutely it. You can't control how people are going to feel about you, what they're going to say, how they're going to think about you. You just can control your reaction to it. So your instincts were, 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 right, were wise, right? Our instincts of survival that says, well, this environment isn't safe. It's not healthy. But if we're not doing the internal part of looking at, right, am I really letting myself be okay mm-hmm. with my secret or my truth? And that's a really yeah. complicated journey, right? Because if, there's, if we really just don't feel safe, it's never going to be the right time. Exactly. That's so well said. I, I definitely believe in that wholeheartedly, Richard. So what helped you, you know, Lee, just, you know, in closing today to get develop this vulnerability intimacy with yourself? What was it? Was it was it the combination of the, the therapist? Was it the combination of the right environment? Like what was it just enough lived experience and wisdom? What would you know, what helps you and your clients? I would say that it is a very conscious effort to pay attention to how you're feeling or how I am feeling in the moment and in these episodes that I'm having, like in these experiences that I'm having rather, because I could have gone on for another 30 years believing that no matter what space I entered into, I'm going to be rejected. I could have gone on and believe that. And my belief changed when I had people tell me that, yeah, you can do that, but what happens if you try? How about like trying to put yourself out there and open up and see what happens? Sure enough, I got rejected and I had that feeling about it. And I still had to, I still process that at a process, an opportunity to process that with other people and reflect that back to me. So paying attention to it and having other people reflect that back to me as well. Like, yeah, I did feel okay. I'm, I am okay. I, and so I can try it again and see what happens. Oh, that didn't work out either. Well, I can try it again in a different place with different people and see what happens. Do I feel safe and do I feel comfortable? And, oh, well, that worked. I'm good here then. And, and that's, that's what they call, right? Whether you call it confidence building or self-esteem building mm-hmm. or, or trauma resilience, depending on what we've been through, where we're like, if we don't push the boundaries and say, is this okay to talk about? Or where is it? If we don't keep pressing yeah. That will stay. We just hold that pain and that that becomes, you know, toxic on so many other levels then because we can't ever feel connected and, and the pain then of others' ignorance, of others' judgments, right, mm-hmm. becomes something we saddle. So, you know, I'm so thankful that you found a pathway and a pathway to helping others. Yeah. Thank you, Richard. Yeah, I'm very grateful for this experience and looking back on reflecting my experience and, and being able to share that with other people to help them as as I help this. Like I said, I just have to tell everybody. It's amazing. 
isn't that yeah i give myself that permission too i know when i started doing these men's groups and men's where people are like i cannot stop him talking you know it says richard listens <laughs> but richard doesn't stop talking so <laughs> right it's just the power of the freedom to just you know when, when we're comfortable and excited about something to give it away constantly yes um i know you are a busy man and, and uh have uh, session coming up soon. Uh, could you tell us or anyone out there who'd like to learn more from you, how to stay connected, how to get your tips and wisdom, um, and how to stay, you know, okay. just involved in all your process and everything you put out there. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Richard. You can find me at patternsofpossibility.com. And there I have a 10 tips for making meaningful conversation as well as a free course, Understanding Connections. So I talked about the me, you, and the we. That's the course uh, available for you absolutely free. And then you could also find me on social media at Parents of Possibility anywhere. Essentially, I'm on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. I'm, I'm out there and just choose which social media that you like. And um, I'm most active on Instagram and TikTok. So you can find me there. Again, patternsofpossibility.com slash more possibility is where you can find all that information. That's amazing. Patterns of possibility. I keep getting pushed towards TikTok. I got some fears there. I may have to consult you on that. <laughs> I love that. I love that branding name, right? I mean, that's really what it's about. Every person we talk to is a possibility for connection, yes. for openness, for encountering all kinds of different judgments and, and experiences. And um, the fact that we you're giving tools to learn how to approach and process those encounters um, is really valuable, especially as we're going through this time where so many have been internal and isolated mm -hmm. and look to get back out in the world and, and get back to discovering yourself, get back to discovering your passions. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I certainly so am going to look at karaoke very differently now. Next time I grab the mic, I'm. <laughs> you actually sing karaoke, huh? <laughs> it's only been a few times, you know. I stay in the comfort wheelhouse. I, I'd have to keep the playlist small, but. Okay, yeah, that makes it easier to choose a song too because there are thousands. So you know what you like. <laughs> Say yes to yourself. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, thank you, Lee, for making time and. Um, uh, we're grateful for you and hope to stay connected. All right. Definitely. I'm hoping to stay connected to you, Richard. Take care. Take care. Well, that was a true gift uh, to have Coach Lee Hopkins on talking about LGBTQ, the process of transitioning uh, into being a transgender male and uh, everything that goes on internally and externally relationships, judgments, biases, um, and rejection that can be a part of that process uh, that's unique to that experience, but also that, that all of us go through. So I'm thankful to my guests and to my listeners, and I hope this conversation helps you um, expand into ways to defeat shame, build self-esteem, and set boundaries as well as some uh, myths that people carry around that keep us disconnected. I hope you learn from uh, my guest and uh, that uh, we can continue to be a resource to you. Thank you, everyone. I'm Richard, and I'm out. <laughs>